Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. We are talking about the musical stylings of Miss Audra May. Whenever you describe someone's work as musical stylings, I always, <laughs> for some reason, picture them on a woodwind instrument. <laughs> that makes sense. And I feel like musical stylings are the thing you can really, really do if you like, you know, can get that, you know, oboe in the air, just do, just tooting away. I feel that. But there's no tooting on this on this episode. Not very much, no. There's minimal tooting. Minimal let's tooting. Say. Let's say. Let's let's put it. Let's put a there, cap there on the tooting. There is kazoo mm. in one of her songs. Okay, so since you, since she's an, a non-tutor, a non-tutor, like kazooer, <laughs> uh, why don't you break it down for us, Kelsey? Who is Audra May? Um, Audra May is a singer-songwriter from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. She's probably more recognized as a songwriter or, you know, that person who did that one song on that one show because her music has been featured on TV a lot. Like it. Specifically Sons of Anarchy. Specifically Sons of Anarchy, but also uh, like Grey's Anatomy and Sense8. Ooh, the only good show. The only good show. Um, She's also, fun fact, like the great, great grandniece of Judy Garland. Oh, hey, well, how about that? Yeah. Great, great niece of Judy Garland. She's got some pedigree, I guess. And she's released uh, three solo albums, right? Mm-hmm. And then one extended play. Yes. And the playlist you created for me, because you following the rules of the podcast. Yes, you, I you did in- make a playlist. Introducing me to the work of Audra May, you made a playlist, mm-hmm. 13 songs. Mm-hmm. And those songs all draw from uh, her three albums, one in 2010, one in 2012, and one you said just this year? Just this year. And then there's, her EP was in 2009, so it was before Yeah, her there's also album. at least one song from, like, sort of singles that she did with other people. There's a couple mm-hmm. of there's a couple of sort of one-offs um, with a band called The Force Rangers. Um, and then uh, a song that I think she did either for Sons of Anarchy or it's on the Sons of Anarchy soundtrack, but it's not on any of her other stuff. I believe her version of the the hymn, The Unclouded Day, is, is, is just straight from the... Yeah. From Songs of Anarchy. Songs of Anarchy. Mm. Um, I didn't know it was a hymn, so you've taught me something. <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's start at the beginning, Kelsey. Yes. How did you discover the works of Audre May, the musical stylings of Audre May? So in January of 2012, I went to a Matt Nathanson concert with your boy matt nathanson my boy matt nathanson who i also like um and she was the second opener i think i think there were two openers there's like a local opener and then her um you know matt nathanson is like best friends with john darneal of the mountain goats i can see that yeah yeah sorry it's not relevant to your story i just think it's interesting i always like i always forget that matt nathanson is like a lot older than he is he looks because he has like 14 albums out or something weird and crazy like that um, that must be weird for you because you have like a full knowledge of this dude's discography. Yeah. Whereas I'm one of the, you know, the simpletons. Who only knows the, the mass one public album. The knows Come On Get Higher. Yeah. I don't even know the whole album. I know the one song. Yeah. And it's a pretty good song. We'll probably do many of them at some point. Well, no, I know the cover of Laid he did for, for one of the American, American Pie, Pie yeah. movies. Yeah. <laughs> I went to see Matt Nathanson and she was the opener and I loved her so much. And this was, I think, a little bit before her... Uh, uh, Audra May and the Almighty Sound, her second album came mm. out. And she did Little Red Wagon, which was the one that got me uh, very quickly, and a couple other songs from it. So I think I actually might have bought like a CD wow. at that concert. <laughs> what, a, what a magical old-timey experience you're right? describing. It's, it's, that's such a rare but beautiful thing when you actually like can discover a band you like through an opening act at a concert you're going right? to. Right, yeah. Usually it's the exact opposite. You just got to like grit your teeth and endure like... Through the... One or two sets of just, like, 
absolute garbage. Yeah, but I, I loved her so much and she was great and she like had a really great performance presence. So I just went home and was like, okay, I got to listen to everything she's ever done because that's how I do things. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the podcast. Hence the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that was how I found her and I've just been into her stuff ever since. And, you know, she made me wait six years for a new album, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, and I didn't even know it was coming out. I just, I was, you know, on Spotify and I opened Spotify and Spotify was like, Hey, here's some music <laughs> you might not like. And it was like two days after Dessa's album came off to, came out too. It might've even been like the same day, but it was like, I was like, Oh my God, there's so much music that I like right now. Um, and you found out through Spotify alerting you because Spotify was tracking your, your my play history. Yes. But this is, this is, I mean, that's great. I'm glad you found out about this album, and I'm sure that was a nice surprise for you. Yeah. But that's why the world is going to end, Kelsey. I know. Because the algorithm is running our lives, and it's we want true. it to. It's true. I'm guilty of it, too. It's true. I want to know what Netflix thinks I want to see. Me, too. Because Netflix knows me pretty well. Yeah. And that's, I should be more scared of that than I am, but I'm not. Same. And the next generation isn't going to know anything different, so. It's true. We were the last ones who could have stopped it, and we didn't. We didn't. We didn't stop it. We never stopped it. Anyway, so, yeah, that's how I found her. Um... <laughs> And I liked her a lot because I like I love Matt Nathans and I think he's he's, he's also a really fun concert to go to because no, his concerts are never the same. Like he always like plays weird covers and does weird shit and interacts with the audience like a lot, which I like. Like I'm pro that. I know some people are just like play the album. <laughs> I like a nice balance. You know? Yeah. Um, so but I was just like so obsessed with her and I was like, I have to I have to go. I think I talked to her mm. possibly. It's weird because I went to two Matt Nathanson concerts and I believe at one of them, Aaron McCarley opened for him and I liked her a lot too. Um, not as much as I liked Audra May, but like I just remember that might have been a different concert. There was like one concert venue in Baltimore, so I saw a lot of concerts there. There was more than one, but there was one where like that was like, you know, the specific size of venue that a lot of the bands I liked played at. Um, so... Um, the concerts all kind of run together. Hmm. But yeah, I just remember like really, really liking her and just being like, yep, now I have to know everything. And now here we are. And here we are. So you made me this playlist. Yes. 13 songs mm-hmm. because we've learned a lesson to condense ourselves. Yes. Taught to us by Caitlin Higgins, friend of the show. Thank you, Caitlin. The show. I hope you enjoyed that concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caitlin, uh, you know, just saw Harry Styles in concert this yeah. past Friday. <laughs> with opener Casey Musgraves, oh, Casey Musgraves. But more relevant to our listenership, uh, Harry Styles. So we hope you had a good time. Hope you had a good time, Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelsey, maybe this playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just sort of walk me through why you picked these 13 songs? You don't have to go through them one by one. Just like, generally speaking, mm-hmm. what were you trying to get across to me? I mean, I wanted to get something sort of from each stage of her her musical development. So, you know, something from the EP, something from... Um, first second third album and then also sort of like what like me trying to grasp at straws in the six years between between her two albums being like <laughs> where, where can i find more audra may well she um, pops up in the strangest places yes so i was just kind of trying to give you a sort of idea of what what i liked about her and i wanted to put you know the most songs from the almighty sound because that is the album that like i immersed myself in first um before i went back and forward um so just trying to like show a little bit of development and what she can do and what she does do and what I like about her. Yeah, you included a lot from from Audra, Audra May, and the Almighty Sound, mm-hmm. which seems to have a lot of these songs have the you know Audra May is a performer and a writer. So she's got moxie. 
mm-hmm. at least not Moxie to the soft drink. I'm sorry, canonically, I need to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got, you know, uh, spunk. Yeah, I don't love that either. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to go there, but like, there's not a lot of good words for that sort of. Yeah, she's got energy. Yeah, she's got a very sort of pizzazz. Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. <laughs> She got real joie de vivre, and this, this, and then it seems like the Almighty Sound is loaded with joie de vivre. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I tried to put one of the slower songs because there's a few slower songs on Almighty Sound too. I tried to put one on there that I like a lot, but most of the ones I like on there are like a beat and fun. <laughs> <laughs> in the style, in the style of Sinwagon. Yes, kind of. Yeah. They're all a lot of these songs are actually a couple of these are very reminiscent of Sinwagon. Yeah. Well, cool. I think you definitely got that across. Okay, good. Uh, I'll just say right now, I enjoyed the music. Good. I enjoyed what you put, what you put in this playlist. I'm glad. I'm, you know, Audra, Audra really I think works. You know, I, her her Wikipedia page does not list her this, this like this, but I really think of her as working in like the country tradition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would you not say these songs are at least like? Well, how would you define her genre? The thing is, like, the reason I like her music is because it's like it's got this sort of like what I consider like what I think Southern Gothic would sound like. Interesting. Um, I mean, some of the stuff is faster, but like it, it's sort of like this folk rock infused with a traditional bluegrass or country, but I wouldn't really consider it country, but I also wouldn't really consider it like folk. And if you listen to it, like I think her new album and some of the covers she does, she also has like a sort of like weird eighties rock, like, hmm. like power ballad vibe sometimes too, which I think um, like open arms, I think has that vibe. She also did a cover of uh, white snakes. Here I go again. That's awesome. One of the songs you put on here, a goodbye, and that's with the Forest Rangers, yeah, another band. But that that's very much a blues or soul song, yeah. Like there's definitely it's not. I wouldn't put her just in country, I guess. Yeah, like it's like I like her because she sounds like southern, but not in the way that people think the South is supposed like southern music is mm. supposed to sound. Does that make sense? Like she sounds like home, but it isn't what people think of when they think of country it, it's country in a way that's sort of eclectic yeah the way and the I, actual culture of of the south and yeah. country can be i yeah i put her in this or sort of similar category to like the secret sisters and the civil wars who are like have this country like there's very much like roots in like traditional country and also um bluegrass but not like the sort of like you know pop country that people think of when they think of country yeah or even like the more sort of standards and like the you know the heyday of like 50s 60s 70s country mm-hmm. even it's not really in that world either yeah it is much more bluegrassy and folksy yeah um not that those genres are separate from country it's yeah. all sort of intermingled interrelated yeah i think i think she she works well she's very malleable to lots of genres mm. which i think is um good i think she's a good lyricist and that also helps like sort of bend things hmm. and i think the almighty sound is very much rooted in in like a sort of bluegrass country vibe but i think her newest album love audra is much more like folk rock that sort of vibe and her first album is like honestly like straight up like acoustic singer songwriter like it's much simpler but it's great so i gotta say i i preferred the songs you included from love audra may mm-hmm. the most the most recent album mm-hmm. which does seem to have like less of a you know, less of a bluegrass sort of feel. Mm-hmm. It's not dissimilar to the, the way I felt about the, the Dixie Chicks, Dixie Chicks <laughs> where the last album, and we'll touch back on this in a second, yeah. so put, put a pin in this if I can remember <laughs> this. The last album has a bit of a more more pop-oriented sound. Mm-hmm. It doesn't abandon the influences, but it moves more in a yeah. pop direction. And while I have, I have a lot of appreciation for country, bluegrass not so much. It's just not really my thing. 
Kelsey's shaking her head in disappointment right we now. I don't blame you. It's I, fine. I, I didn't say it was bad. I'm not against it. Yeah. I ain't against it. I ain't against it. You ain't against it. I ain't against it. But and I but I I just feel like there's more, at least in the stuff you put in this playlist. In yeah. her most recent album, there's a little bit more of like a sincerity in the songwriting. I a little bit more emotional. You, actually. Um the, I mean she's a lot older, you know. Yeah, it feels like she's maybe just, you know, had some more life experiences. Mm-hmm. Cause the Almighty Sound, there's a lot of like I've I'm I've been struggling to find the right word for there's this. There's a lot of like fun songs, like a lot of like girl power, let's party songs. Yeah, and there, a lot of like, it has a sort of feel of like not quite the words shtick or pastiche, neither one is quite right. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's a genuine experience that she's had. It's like she's sort of playing with the tropes of yeah, this of tradition like of songwriting. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I do I do think that Love Audrey May feels like genuine and true. Yeah. Although they don't, that's not a bad thing to, you know, no. play with those tropes at all. Clearly you enjoy quite a bit. Yes. Is that do you do you find yourself is there an emotion a mood you're in that makes you want to listen to Audrey May? I mean Jebedi Moonstrand Friday Night Check Party is on most of my like pregame playlists. It's a it's a pretty good song about, <laughs> about, about getting ready for a party. Getting ready for a party. It's also got a great name. Yeah. That is that is a, a name that and I and I say this as someone who's pulled this trick myself many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, the name came first in that situation. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> think she wrote down those words and then had to write a song to back it up. <laughs> and she did a great job. She lived up to the title, but yeah. which is a great big challenge to set for yourself. Yeah. But definitely is a at least one of the all time great great names of a song. Yeah. Jebediah Moonshine's Friday Night Shack Party. But also, Smoking the Boys, My Friend the Devil. Yeah. Uh, those are all you know, good songs all. Yeah. But definitely, like, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of emotional connection there. Yeah. It's and, an entertaining and, and enjoyable. Those are the kind of songs I listen to, like, you know, like, walking to work songs, like, getting pumped up songs, in my car, you know, singing to myself songs. I mean, there's there's over, there's overlap there. Like, yeah. the sort of songs I listen to for pump up songs are more like the songs Audrey May made with Avicii. <laughs> there you go. Um, rest in peace, Avicii. She made like she'd done like three songs with him, mm-hmm. and she also. Sorry, I just found this out, and I have to get this out here. She was on a Flow Rider song. Yeah. <laughs> she was on a song that I didn't even realize till now, like has not made on any of his albums. How I feel. How I feel. Yeah, which is also which is based on a Nina Simone song, which she also covered a Nina Simone song on a different album. Is that right? Um, she covered her. Uh, she did a cover of Nina Simone's "Feeling Good" for Sensate. Yeah, with with, with Avicii. Yeah, mm. and Avicii, of course, the song "Levels" was used for Florida's song "Good Feeling." Anyway, it's all interesting, Nick. That's all I'm saying. It's all everything matters. It's all all the pieces matter. Mm-hmm. She's been all over the place. Yeah, she's she's kind of touched a lot of things because she's like a working songwriter. Yeah. So she's often like she pops up in the background of things, like contributing vocals. Like she's on three songs of that All American Rejects album from 2012, which, oh boy. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone else in the, in the year of our Lord 2018 is still talking about the All American Rejects, but um, Audrey May keeps them vital. And it's like interest. It's interesting to like see like someone who's like a working musician as opposed to like a star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like I think it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's always like and you, a working writer, songwriter, which is like something we don't we don't think about as much nowadays. Yeah, especially for me at least. Like I, like I said, I try to you know study up on country as much as i can but i don't have a good grasp on it but i think the idea of like a, a songwriter like just like a, like a well-known figure in the world is more of a thing in country music nowadays maybe like there are clearly songwriters working in other genres but mm-hmm. i feel like the uh, the place of the songwriter in country music is of a different sort mm-hmm. like the status is like a little bit it's almost like revered in a way yeah 
because so much of I don't know what it is because so much of pop music is not written by the artist either. But country yeah. music, there's like but there's he, more ownership of that fact. I mean, actually, though, if you look at her like songwriting cr- credits, they're not actually like that many country artists. You're right. You're absolutely right. They're mostly right. pop songs. Yeah. Got a Clay Aiken song in here. Kelly Susan, Clarkson. Suzanne Boyle. Pentatonics. Ooh. Two Christina Aguilera songs. Can I ask you this and then we'll get back to Audra May? Sure. Am I going to have to someday reckon with pentatonics as like a cultural force? Is it a thing? I f- Producer Sarah has said that pentatonics is in fact a thing. It is definitely a thing. I'm, are they, in, like, I'm inclined are they like to believe famous? her. Yeah, people really freaking love pentatonics. They're like a acapella group, right? Yeah, that's why it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even dislike acapella, but the idea of an acapella group... <laughs> I watched three seasons of, of the Ben Folds as the sing-off for you. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I could have left the room. Actually, you know what? Even when you weren't around, when I was in in Boone, I watched the sing-off without you. This aside, brought to you by Ben Folds, the sing-off. What do we find? I don't know what we're (laughs) arguing about anymore. I'm just saying, like, you talk so much shit about how much I love acapella at Carolina. That's true. That's true. I'm sort of remembering now the things I've said about college acapella, and it's all coming back, and I I said some negative things. I wouldn't say mean. I wouldn't say cruel, maybe. Needless, certainly. Anyway. <laughs> the point being, it is ridiculous that an acapella group can be this popular. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't engage. <laughs> Sarah is not engaging. The point. But let the, let the record show that she has a disappointed look on her face. <laughs> The point being, Audra May is a working songwriter yeah. in in a, in a variety of genres. Not even, and her her solo work is already very eclectic in itself. Mm-hmm. But she really has a wide, you know, her talents expand beyond even any one particular genre, and that's impressive. And it's also sort of interesting always to watch someone in, who has that sort of experience try to make their way as a solo artist, because it sort of is, you know, it, it can be like, I was maybe I was thinking about Audra May, but I was I was looking up, I was checking on Bonnie McKee, who wrote like half of Katy Perry's Teenage Dream album and like has also been trying to break out as a solo star maybe because she actually does is like a pop performer as well mm-hmm. when I mean this is a tangent probably but when a pop performer like tries to break out on their own it doesn't go as well there's a bit of like a uh, there's a sense of which like a pop singer needs to be big in order to make sense whereas Audra May can be like a slightly more unknown more obscure artist mm-hmm. and her music still carries off the same way Sorry, this is a tangent, but I really like Audra May, and I want to I sort of see if we can single out what makes her so unique. Okay. You know, when you listen to Audra May's music, mm-hmm. aside from being pumped up, do you feel anything else? Do you, do you get any other sort of, like, any, maybe any sort of catharsis out of it? I think a lot of the stuff from the first album I get a lot of catharsis out of. It's just very, like, like it's like it, it, it reminds me of sort of, like, spiritual music, mm-hmm. but in a, in a way that doesn't feel, like, oppressive to me. <laughs> <laughs> I also just really love her voice. I think she has a really like sort of like haunting sort of um husky voice that I and I and I you know we both talk about how we like a distinct voice mm-hmm. in our in our singers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I just I just really the w- the way she sings and the style in which she sings just really like makes me feel safe and good and but also like kind of creeped out sometimes in a good way. There's a couple of songs on the first album bandita is one that i put on here 
And then there's also a song called Smoke, which are both really like kind of creepy. And I always put them on my October playlists. <laughs> um, just like, and I, and I like that sort of feeling. I like, you know, I like anyone whose songs I can feel like I can put in like a, a post-apocalyptic like nightmare scene. Because <laughs> even The Happiest Lamb, which is not really a like creepy song, no. has an element of that to it. It yeah. feels a little bit like eerie and dangerous and suspect and, and then it also feels kind of like a critique of like like the spiritual song like the shepherd can't grow the wool that gets him paid like it's like it's it's an interesting i don't know she's she's i'm i'm honestly still sort of teasing out the meaning of the happiest lamb because yeah. sort of is a i listened a very, to it like three times today <laughs> it's a very loaded song like uh-huh. there's there's some real layers of meaning in there that i'm not really ready to, to dig I, through quite yet and i think a lot of her songs like have that kind of like they sound one way and then you listen to the words again. And you're like, oh, wait. Well, it's like the river. We yeah, were the talking river. about this before this. Like, I, it's I it. just realized before we started recording that yeah. the river is about a woman who's going down to the river to drown herself. Yeah. Because she's uh, pregnant out of wedlock. Because it, it sounds like a happy song, but yeah. it's not. <laughs> the thing is, that you, and you got this is sort of a thing you, you learn from, from, from studying murder ballads is that if ever a woman, <laughs> a woman is in trouble <laughs> and like is in distress, she's pregnant. And she's probably someone's gonna kill her because of it, either the, either the, the father, father of the or child, her father, or, or her father, or, or his the father, guys, his father, or herself, or God. Or God. <laughs> Anytime that had that sort of, you're yeah. not sure why something is happening in a country song with yeah. anything that has roots in like folk ballads. Yeah, it's probably an unwanted pregnancy. Yeah, almost exclu- that seemed to be like the only thing they were worried about back then. Yeah, that and that and starving to death. Yeah. With our two primary concerns. Back to how Audra music, Audra's music makes me feel. How does it make you feel? I kind of feel like the, she has like a song that will fit any of my moods. Like there's there's always something that I can find that is like what I want to listen to then. She's like someone I feel like I can always listen to. Yeah. That's regardless sort of, of how I'm feeling. Uh, that, that's impressive. Yeah. There's a lot of artists that I love that I can't, I can only go to in a certain headspace mm-hmm. the mountain goats being the primary example same i love them but i can't you know i don't always want to hear their music right i mean when i do it's all i want to hear yeah but and yeah so an artist that produces like a lot a wide spectrum of kinds of work that you can enjoy yeah. is 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 something and like special. i don't think stylistically it's it's super wide but i think like mood wise yeah. there there's a big expanse yeah and stylistically it's 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 not super wide it's not like she's doing but it's, I mean, she has done songs with Avicii, so she does actually do like EDM <laughs> yeah. stuff. But her like her identity as like a solo performer is sort of it's cohesive, but it's not all the same. Yeah. And Which like is what I want personally in a performer. Yeah. I'm interested in more of the the, the spiritualism we were talking about a second yeah. ago because you included on this playlist. The, I think we mentioned a cover of the well, calling it a cover is maybe the wrong word. It's a version of the hymn, "The Unclouded Day," mm-hmm. and I'm cu- curious what that what meaning that has to you? Like, like what response do you have to that song? Because you are not from the, the sort of religious background where that song is, would be a part of your, of your life. As I said, I did not know it was a hymn. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's clearly about like yeah. awaiting your reward in heaven and what life is like after beyond the veil. Yeah. I, I guess I never really took it like that. I kind of took it as like a, looking okay. back, I understand that that's what it's about, but like, it's a, did you just... take it as like a heaven on earth thing? Yeah, like there's a there's a better tomorrow somewhere, someday, even though there's not in the world on fire. I'm wrong with that. What I want to say, and it hurts <laughs> my feelings that there's no positive way to say this, is that sounds like a sentiment very indebted to Jewish thought. Possibly. In a, in a positive way. Yeah. 
because there's less focus on the, the hereafter than there is on the here and now. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and that's also like, you know, the promised land and the this sort of like idea that it's sort of Zionist, I guess. But <laughs> that's um, sort of what I was trying not yeah. to dip into because I don't, um, I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really looking at it from that perspective. I'm more looking at it like we, you know, things will get better, hopefully. <laughs> um, in, in the sort of like we can heal the world and eventually the clouds will go away. But, um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't think about it from that perspective. There's a, yeah, there's a Jewish thing called Tikkun Olam, which is to heal the world. It's like a thing you're supposed to do. Tikkun Olam? Tikkun Olam. Tikkun Olam. Yes. To heal the world. And you're, that's like a thing you're supposed to engage in as a Jewish person, like charity and stuff. I sort of always saw it as a sort of like, you know, tomorrow will be better kind of thing. That's nice. That's, and I, and that's, that's good to think about too because i you know i'm not really a religious person or i am uh you know i don't listen to a lot of hymns really but i found this version of this hymn very moving in a way and i think it's very well arranged and sung yeah. she's obviously very talented that sort of adds a new layer of meaning to it because i think for me it's just more about the idea of yeah i find something very moving about the idea of like longing for mm-hmm. a brighter future yeah. you know in any sort of nebulous sense even if it means like it's not going to happen until after i die I mean, that's yeah. not really an idea I sort of super plus talk in in my life, mm-hmm. but that makes a lot of sense. I also think it's a, it's definitely a song that you can, I mean, it's from the Sons of Anarchy soundtrack, but you can hear it being used like in the closing moments of like a TV show. Like right. when you listen to it, nice. you're like, oh yes, this is, yes, I, I hear <laughs> this. I know this goes here. I feel like we've reached some sort of resolution. Yeah, yeah. It's bittersweet, but I still feel moved. Exactly. <laughs> Television is a magical genre. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot of things, a, a lot of her things I sort of get that similar vibe from, mm. and not like necessarily a religious thing, but just a you know, just like some bit of spiritualism. Can we go on? A, can we go on a slight tangent for a second? Let's do it. I'm ready. And one step away. I'm sort of trying to build some continuity here with the rest of our catalog. Yes. And I think we uh, we found the perfect way to do it, mm-hmm. which is that Audrey May co-wrote her song "My Friend the Devil," mm-hmm. which is on this playlist. Yes. Good song about a you know woman who's, you know, sort of got the the devil on her side. Indeed. In a very in a you know metaphorical way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know the Nick Cave song "Up Jump the Devil." Sure. But a man who like you know travels throughout his life with the devil doing bad things. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more upbeat than that. That song is a little bit of a downer. <laughs> it ends with I the, mean, are, are there Nick Cave songs that aren't downers? Uh, the, uh, there's maybe like a couple. <laughs> Some of the nice ones are. Even the nice ones are kind of sad. But she co-wrote that song with a man named Dan Wilson, mm-hmm. who is the former lead singer of the, the band Semisonic. And you sort of a, again, a very much a very prolific working songwriter in the industry. He co-wrote mm-hmm. the fourth Dixie Chicks album, which I was just discussing earlier. It has mm-hmm. a more pop-oriented sound. Um, I mean, the guy co-wrote Not Ready to Make Nice. So, yeah. you know, there's no, you can't step to that. It's a good song. Don't step to that. Yeah. And I mean, this, this boy's everywhere. Aside from doing the song, uh, you know, Semisonic is the band that gave us Closing Time, a song that um, may actually not endure as much as some of Dan Wilson's other contributions to the culture, but certainly I think if everyone of our age group remembers the song Closing Time. Oh, yeah. Um, but as a songwriter, though, he also, and again, tw- in the idea in the, towards the goal of building continuity, he co-wrote and produced, like, the entirety of Mike Doty's second and third album, 
Hottie Melodic and Golden Delicious, which I remember Hottie Melodic, Kelsey, you singled out as some of your favorite songs yeah, from that episode. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we got we got Hottie Melodic, we got Taken the Long Way. You mean he, he co-wrote Ayoko with the Secret Sisters? Oh! A band we've referenced on this podcast multiple times. Because we both like them. Including this episode. And came to them separately. And when yes. we realized that we both knew who they were, it was a very exciting time for yeah. our friendship. So we haven't talked about it much on this podcast because it sort of worked the opposite way of how we do things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he co-wrote a bunch of Weezer songs. He co-wrote the best song on their album, their 2010 album, Hurley. So Crazy. So chew on that. Chew My on point that. is this, this, this dude is everywhere. This dude is everywhere. He, he co-wrote Someone Like You for Adele. He wrote a bunch of um, he co-wrote for Taylor Swift and Pink. He co-wrote some, someone like he was great. It's a great song. Yeah, he's very talented. He's very talented. And honestly, he's popped up so much. I think we might have to do a, a Dan Wilson episode at some point. Episode. Even though that again is not really underneath the the rules of our podcast, but also it's our podcast. So as I say, fuck it. Fuck it. We can do whatever we want. Sorry, I'm just going through his whole sort of thing here. He's everywhere, man. He's, he's got his, everywhere. He's got his tentacles all over the world. And to step back to Audrey May for a minute, Audrey mm-hmm. May, you know, not as prolific as Dan Wilson, has not been in the industry as long as he has. Not her fault. Mm-hmm. Just hasn't had the time yet. Uh, she has, you know, as I mentioned before, I've sort of been dancing around this for most of the episode, <laughs> but she co-wrote a song on the 2017 album by the Chainsmokers, Memories Dot 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 Do Not Open. Oh, goodness. The song she co-wrote was called Honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. He has feelings. The song she I got I get so emotional when I think <laughs> about the song, man. It really um she co wrote it with Andrew Taggart of the Chainsmokers and a songwriter named Sean Douglas, who I'm not oh. super familiar with. Um, but I mentioned that only because I have since learning more about Audra May have gone back and tried to determine where her influence is in the song Honest. Uh I so far cannot do it. <laughs> which just speaks to her skills a songwriter malleability so easily able to take on the voice of the chain smokers i my theory my current theory is that she is responsible at the very least for the whoa 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 refrain that happens <laughs> at the beginning of the song and then during the bridge and also she i think she is the one behind the harmonies leading into the chorus because the the chain smokers are usually not a band that does a lot with harmonies sorry i was just uh going through dan wilson's writing credits and there's a another artist that i'm like we're gonna have to do a uh episode it, on that is it the chain smokers no it's then not. i don't want to hear about it kelsey <laughs> it's paloma faith you know i don't want to hear about anything that isn't but the chain smokers i know you have a whole thing with i have a whole smokers. thing but yeah no she wrote with the chain smokers so she, you know i'd love to okay, I just that want, elevates her in, in jason's I just book. Want to, it, it legitimizes her certainly <laughs> to a great degree I want to meet her and find out what that process was like. Yeah, that would be great. That's the first thing I'd ask her, too, if I had a chance to talk to her. She'll probably tweet back at you. Audrey, what was it like writing with the Chainsmokers? The inquiring inquiring minds want to know. I'm writing a blog about this. I mean, you are. I I do write a blog. I write about the Chainsmokers every week, but uh, that's neither here nor there. If you were going to try to get someone else in Audrey May, would you use the same playlist you used for me? Probably, yeah. Okay. I actually, like, I probably would have, if I was going to tailor play specifically to you, would have put more from the newest album on it. You should have done that. I just wanted to give you, I wasn't trying to tailor it to you and be like, you like this. I was trying to be like, this is what she's like. You know what I'm saying. I respect that. And you did yeah. a very good job because you only used 13 songs and you got across a good deal of her different vibes. Thank you. I tried. I mean, you also introduced me to New York Love Story. 
It's a great song. The song which made me feel things. Oh. <laughs> I felt emotions. Jason felt emotions. So so all. rare in this cold, dead husk of a of a body I inhabit. Oh no. I feel the stirrings of life within my chest. We didn't pitch anything. <laughs> I'm getting there. Oh. It's pitch time. Pitch time. Hey Netflix, don't you want this show? God, I really just don't know. <laughs> it's pitch time. So, you know, I think if you're going to pitch a show to Netflix based on the work of Audra Main, there's really only one place to go, and that is Jebediah Moonshine's Friday right, Night Shack Party. party. So the, obviously Jebediah Moonshine is a very complex character. Obviously. He's got a hilarious name, which, mm-hmm. I, was that his given name, do you think? Or is that sort of a, a chosen name? Is he name? like a mythical sort of, like he exists, but he's more of like a... Um, a local legend. Yeah, although they seem to be like it seems to be like a weekly occurrence the way she describes it. So mm-hmm. I would think they would have met him at some point. Maybe, maybe it's like you go to the party, but do you ever actually see see Jebediah Moonshine? Maybe it's like, and I cannot even about to say this, but spoiler warning for the 2015 Joseph Gordon-Levitt film the night before. <laughs> uh, she's like Michael Shannon in that movie. Where he read The Great Gatsby and like saw how many parties the guy threw <laughs> and like decided that, that was the coolest thing he could do with his life. And that, that, that's like what he took from The Great Gatsby is that he should throw a bunch of big parties. It's totally like that. And you don't know he's actually in the movie. until but in, You don't know he's actually like behind these, the party. Until the end. Until the end. You don't know that he's Jebediah Moonshine. Yes. Until the series finale. Uh, also, man, you, you, gotta, you guys gotta, you gotta watch. Uh, the Night Before is great. really funny. It's, but it's, it's like that, but not in the city, in the country somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, you know, is it a narrative show or is Jebediah? Is it, is it like each episode, it's like an anthology. Each episode is someone new trying to get to the Friday Night Shack party. That feels a little bit like repetitive. Maybe. I'm thinking like maybe it's every episode is about the, sh- the shack party. Okay. But maybe in different ways. Like maybe From a some different of, point of view. Some of them are in a shack party. Some of them are people trying to get to a shack party. Yeah. Some of it is people like next door, like in the other, in the next door shack. Or like I <laughs> deal with Jebediah Moonshine's weekly like crazy parties. Yeah. Um. Another way you could take it, uh, Netflix, I know you're still trying to get into the talk show game. So here's what I'm thinking. Jebediah Moonshine hosts the weekly talk show on Netflix where he interviews. I haven't hadn't really gotten this far yet. I guess he interviews like like local like local yokels. Like <laughs> local yokels? <laughs> local yokels, yeah. That could be a segment on the show, local yokels. Because I assume the set would have to look like, like as if it was inside of a shack. I feel like a McElroy needs to play Jebediah Moonshine. I think Justin McElroy probably was probably Justin born McElroy to play Jebediah Moonshine, Moonshine. <laughs> in Jebediah Moonshine's Friday Night Shack Party. Or we do that the thing, the the more realistic thing, which is you blow out the whole story of the song into like a movie. Yeah. About like a like a guy who's in love with a girl and she's going to be at the party and he's got to get to the party. Mm-hmm. And it all takes place over one night. And they meet all these crazy characters in the, in the backwoods swamps of Oklahoma. I guess. There's uh, no, I don't think there's swamps in Oklahoma. I'm actually trying but... to get myself kind of interested in this movie because right? I, I have a soft spot for like one night oh, party same. journey movies. Same. We so, learned some lessons along the way. We realized, yeah. you know, the true the true party was the journey. Yeah. Well, that's that's the fake lesson you learn before yeah. they actually get to the to the, the party, the, which party. is awesome. And they realize, oh, no, this is the real party all yeah. along. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm with you on the movie. Okay. So we've got the movie. The movie. Justin McCoy plays Jeb an actually fairly like small role he, small he shows up every now and then he, small but pivotal he is he is seen at the end at the party yeah and then audra may is is the band at the end where right. she she's, sings this she's playing the, as the, the credits yes. role yes <laughs> and she plays other songs during the party yes, itself. yes not this song that would be you know yeah. during the credits yes but not during this yes 
Who else is in it? Who I, I haven't gotten around to casting it yet. Um, <laughs> well, what was? I kind of want to see this movie now. A little bit, don't you? You kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it. Okay, who's who's like a? So it'll probably be pitched like a, like 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 a, you know, who who's the audience? Who's the who are the quadrants for this? Young, uh, hip swamp dwellers. <laughs> Swamp dwellers. <laughs> I don't know why I'm hung up on the swamp thing. I don't think the swamp is really part of the song, but if, if a shack party feels very swampy. I guess. Yeah. But moonshine isn't swampy, is it? I'm sure it's they like I'm sure they've made it in the swamps. Yeah, it's probably more mountainous. Yeah. But it's like it means like a rugged, like handsome, like mountainy style of like character. Young youngish guy. Youngish though. Um maybe we can do like um like they did with that kid who played uh Played Han Solo. Alden Ehrenreich? Yeah. He's like sort of an unknown. He's like sort of a young yeah. figure. Like the way he was in uh, Hail Caesar. Yes. He's sort of like... Twit that it was so yeah. simple. You, you, here's what you do. You get a, like a young like sort of like Appalachian. He's like sort of rough around the edges type actor. He was like sort of raw and untested. Mm-hmm. But you surround the movie. But you fill the rest with like big name character actors. Like Judy Greer's in there. Judy Greer's definitely Lucy in there. Lucy Punch is in there. Judy Greer and Lucy Punch are in there. Coming soon, our new podcast, Punch and Judy. Um, I'm trying to think of like, some, like <laughs> yeah, sort of like, sort of like sort of like grubby like I really want to make middle aged like balding so, man style of character actor. Like Wallace Shawn or like, something. Like, like, yeah, I, was, I want to say Wallace Shawn, but like not quite a Wallace Shawn. Not, not, not a little a Wallace younger. Wallace type. A little younger. A little younger, a little less erudite. Because Wallace Shawn has a projection image of like yeah, you're arrogance right. and like big city elites. Mm-hmm. Um, more than I want for this. Oh, you got to get Jeff Bridges. You got to get Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, honestly, if we can't get Justin McElroy, Jeff Bridges should play Jebediah Moonshine. Yeah. A small but pivotal role. Like, yeah. he, like in Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Yeah. He's got to be in there. Got to be in there. In fact, let's get Chang Tatum in there, too. Why not? You know what? Let's get uh, Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal from Golden, Golden Circle. Just in like there. the entire cast of the Golden Circle. Yes. Even yeah. the British ones. Even the British ones. <laughs> I mean, Taron Egerton can probably do like a Appalachian accent, oh, maybe. Alan, Alan Tudyk's definitely in there. Yes. In fact, we could just get Tucker and Dale, the characters, in the moonshine yes. party. Yes, definitely. They're just in the movie. They're just in the movie. On 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 visit from their other movie. Yeah. Uh, I I I gotta think that. Um, That's kind of the vibe I want, though. The like Tucker and Dale versus evil vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that vibe. It's got that vibe. A little less violent. Yes. But the stakes are high. Yeah. I think that I don't know why I'm seeing this so clearly, but I feel like Tom Hiddleston is gonna show up and do like a ridiculous country accent. He's in like one or two scenes, yeah. But he steals the show and like wins a lot of like goodwill towards him to people like that didn't from people who didn't really care about him before. But into like, it, into like, it. I'm thinking about like like sort of like like we're loading this movie with names. It's loaded with names, yeah. All the names you can get. And Tom Hiddleston's probably like the biggest name. He's in like three scenes, but yeah. he, he does. Well, Jeff he, Bridges is the biggest name. Yeah, but they all commit. They all commit. Everyone's Everyone commit. is committed to the to the shack party. That's how I see it. I'm I'm there. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, that's only like a few. I'm now thinking that Jeff Bridges is Jebediah Moonshine and Justin McElroy is like a fake out Jebediah Moonshine. Oh, he's like the fake Jebediah he's, Moonshine? Yeah, he's like a can't. He's like the person who like is like the outer Jebediah Moonshine, but Jeff Bridges is like the real Jebediah Moonshine. I'm thinking maybe it's more like a Jebediah Moonshine is like a Dread Pirate Roberts situation. Oh, you pass it on. Or it's passed down. He's the new one. He's like maybe <laughs> the new one. Or maybe like the... Maybe that's what it is, though. It's like a situation where the our 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 plucky hero, like, gets the thing, and then he becomes Jebediah Moonshine. Or you think he's going to, and then guess what? The love interest she becomes the new Jebediah Moonshine. Love it. Okay, we've got it. We've, we've still got sort of, it. We've got to fill the cast a little bit. 
Lots there, of names. If there's room for the Keith Stanfield in there, I'm all for it. Yeah. Michael K. Williams, maybe. I don't know. I just mm, see the two of them in here. I see them in there somewhere. I feel like Reese Witherspoon might have a cameo. Yeah. Again, <laughs> playing her character from Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> we can bring that, that continuity back around, too. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay, so we, I think we've got it. So Netflix this it. up. Jebediah Moonshine, Friday Night Jack There's Party. enough here to at least, like, you know, net us a few million for an advance. Is that how they do movies? Do you get an ad- advance? <laughs> an advance? You get an, an advance? advance? You said it like that? Yeah, you get an advance, and you go out and you, you like talk to the stars yourself. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Kelsey, anything else you want to say about Audra May? I like her a lot. I'm glad you did, too. I did. I'm definitely going to seek out. I cannot promise I'll listen to the entirety of all her albums. Yeah. You should listen to the last one. I would definitely seek out Love, Audra May and listen to the whole yeah. thing, because I'm also very curious about this this cover she did of Here I Go Again. Yeah. That's that's actually on uh, uh, The Happiest Lamb, I think. Oh well, or it might be a single. I'm definitely gonna dip in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look around for some other stuff for mm-hmm. including Love Audra May for sure, unquestionable. Mm-hmm. That album, I feel like even though I've only heard three or four songs from it, has the potential to gather like, like Dessa parts of speech level importance. Yeah, where it just goes on my iPod at all times. <laughs> so yeah, um, well done, Kelsey. Yeah. And if I can make a recommendation to you, mm-hmm. uh, I, I checked with you before we started recording and I confirmed you have not seen the video for Addicted to You by Avicii featuring vocals from Audra May. I have not. Or it is a sort of lesbian um, Bonnie and Clyde yeah. situation. Well, sapphic Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. And it's a, yeah, it's just a fun little thing. I mean, they die at the end. Spoilers. But it's a Bonnie and Clyde situation. Yeah. Um, here I go again. It's actually from her first EP because I only put stuff from Haunt on here, but she had a um, she had an EP uh before that as well. Cool. Yeah. I guess that that settles it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kelsey. You're welcome. Thank, thank thanks, you. Thanks for coming on. I guess I had fun. <laughs> thank you to Danny About of the Weeping Willards for use of your song "Outside in the Rain" from your self-titled album. The Weeping Willards, <laughs> available on Bandcamp now. And thanks to you, Carly Ray Sussman. <laughs> Carly Ray Sussman? Oh, <laughs> Carly <boy>. Sussman. <laughs> oh, talk God. A, talk about a Freudian slip. Oh, oh. Uh, Carly Sussman for designing our logo. Uh, you can find Carly's work at carly-rose.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Please. Leave us a review or just a rating on iTunes if you get the chance. Yes. And that's about it. We'll see you next time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. holidays. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me It's pitch time, pitch time Hey, Netflix don't you want this show are we redoing the theme god i really just don't know it's pitch time that's pretty good yeah it was pretty good <laughs> we nailed it you might call that having perfect pitch <laughs>